What's up? This your boy Vault. <laughs> Calio Vault. You rocking with no lazine. Uh -huh. Okay, so I ain't gotta ask you where you're from, cause the world know where you're from. So I'm gonna ask you this question, even though you don't want to be answered. How it was like growing up in a Cali project for yourself? Oh man, how was it like growing up in a Cali project? I mean. It depends on what lens you look at. Some people call it hell, some call it home. I mean, good days, bad days. It's all the same. So, you know, you growing up in the Calio, and like, yeah, but you took one, I'm like, different, I'm like, approach from everyone from the Calio, because, you, cause like, you know, you mentioned to me before that, you know, it was a Calio, actually wasn't ever known if I actually, I'm like, stunned and like, put certain calls in the projects and like, because it was making it hot or something like that. Yeah, I come from that, that era where, you know, the Calio, we, we we was known as tough guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, straight bullets. If you know any history about the Calio, you know, that's the bad boys in New Orleans. So they had a few homies in the hood that was doing this stunt thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, rest in peace, Tyreek. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Slam. And you know the big homie Eyes, you know? Slam and Eyes was the freshest two Uptown to me, you feel what I'm saying? I'm talking about Coochie, Gucci, Iceberg, you know, Freedom Home and Corey Head too. So it, it, we wasn't really known for stunt. We really was known for bullying and, you know what I'm saying? Like from my big dogs, Dodo and Big U. So I'm a cash money fanatic and, and stunner just took it to a whole nother level. So I had it in my mind. They ain't about to outshine us. So when I got that money, I wasn't putting them cars in the hood. You feel what I'm saying? Like neighborhood superstars. So, you know, it was the world, it would paint this picture that, you know, the Cali open the Magnolia just don't get along, which that's not always true of the case. Like, you know, some people grew old and built relationships. So, like, how was it like for you growing up seeing cash money, like, you know, take over the city after Master P leaving I'm like New Orleans? I mean, to the world, it looked like Cash Money took over the city, but the Calio was always the Calio, and for us, that Magnolia Calio, I come from an era where when you like that, you go anywhere. You go to St. Thomas, the Iberville, the St. Bernard, the Lafitte. Like, I got homies in every project, so that ain't stopping, and I'm from that yo, and I rep I re that flag everywhere I go. You feel me? So... It's really what type of individual you is. You feel me? Like, all hustlers see eye to eye. Like, if you're a boss, I talk bosses. I don't talk to the to, to the workers. You feel me? So, most people, they're territorial because they trapped in that triangle where they're playing at. You feel me? So, if you're a slime ball, you can't go nowhere else. You feel me? You, you done did so much slimy shit, you can't go nowhere. But if you like that, you can go anywhere. Who gonna tell you you can't go somewhere? So let's break it 15 plus years back. So like when did you first become one rapper? And like when did you first create on the hood stuff? Well, I started rapping because Currency was going through the situation with wanting to leave cash money. It was just slowing them up at Young Money. So Marcelo, we was just getting from under a situation with Ball of Fall. I always played the executive route. So at this time, I tell the homies, like, what y'all doing? We got to get to it. So I'm like, fuck, how all these rappers rapping my life? I'm going to start rapping. 
So I did my first song, and Spitter walk in the house, and I'm like, put a verse on. He put a verse. Marcelo come in the house and put a verse on. That night, Marcelo had a manager, LeJean. She sent the song to DJ Rowe. It was on the radio the same day. So my first song I made was a whack-ass verse that I had. But I put Currency and Marcelo on my song, and it went straight to the radio. And Marcelo had been taught me the game of rap, so we registering everything. Now, I'm getting paid, and my song, my verse never playing on the radio because I had a whack-ass verse. But Currency verse was so hard that it, it stayed in rotation, so I'm getting paid off that. So that just gave me the motivation to rap and keep going with it. We like, if like we shot both videos, um, if we shot the video on the Magnolia and the Calio, I'm um, at certain times. Right. So, again, the Calio and the Magnolia, it was individual groups that didn't see eye to eye okay. with each other. Like, I had homies in the Magnolia. Shout out the Twins. Shout out L.D. Herb. Shout out Freddie. Naughty. Like, I was fucking with a Smurf and them, all them in the L.D. You feel me? Like, we see each other out. It was always love. And, man, will it be? We be everywhere. You feel me? So, when Marcelo with the Hanbra situation with Dodo, Dodo was... One of them ones, you feel me? So he already had a relationship with people out the Magnolia that was big dogs. So it was easier for Dodo to do it because he liked that, you feel me? So I overslept the video because they had the video mixed up. So I'm in the Calio waiting on them to shoot the scene in the Calio, which in the morning, they was in the Magnolia shooting the video, you feel me? So by the time they made it to the Calio, they made it to the Calio. It was like nighttime, all on the roof and everything, you feel me? So... It was an iconic video, and I think I brought that back with the Superish video with me and Cito and Marcelo. Like, we shot Cito verse and Calio. We shot my verse in the Magnolia. And, like, you know, people don't even, like, speak on these stories because, well, some people actually don't know about the stories either. But, like, you know, because, like, if it's the world right now, you know, so much, so much bad, I mean, pictures getting painted where everybody just have their own stories about the Calio and the Magnolia. So, like, how do you feel about just everybody just, just saying anything on podcasts and, and just interviews? I think most people who speak, they speak about what they see through their lens. They don't know the whole story. You feel me? And far as, like, the, the OGs that talk their stories, some of the shit I didn't know. You feel me? I hear them be like, damn, I ain't know that. Because I be so much in my own world, moving how I move, nobody else can't dictate how I'm going to move. You feel me? So... When they say the Cali on the Magnolia or that wall, like, I lost a lot of homies to that wall. You know what I'm saying? They lost a lot of homies. You feel me? And I lost a lot of homies from that side through this wall. You feel me? But I just think that's niggas who just push that narrative of they can't go nowhere. They, ain't, they don't profit without beef. You feel me? As long as they can keep you entertained on beef, then they can slither and do what they got to do. But with when there's no beef, everybody get money. Then that person who got no hustle can't get no money. You feel me? So, for yourself growing up, I'm like, who influenced you? Like, you know, and like the mainstream artists, um, to actually become one on the music artist. Well, first of all, Slim, Off Top, Tupac, Mac, BG. I wouldn't say. I wasn't on too much East Coast at first. Like, my partner mommy had to put me on Jay-Z because I was like, fuck all East Coast, you feel me? And then 
when mommy put me on Jay-Z, he was talking that talk that I wanted to hear. So it was like, it brought more, uh, magnified the hustle out like when we was on that down south gangster shit. You feel me? And that West Coast appealed to that down south gangster shit. Gotcha. So, like, I'm like, what year did you actually become what? Well, but what year did you actually become on that Cali Vault? I've been Cali Vault. So like, been anywhere. Like, like, if I'm in a Bernard, you know, that's Vault the Cali. If I'm in a Lafitte, that's Vault the Cali. Like, I used to be spray painting CP3 on the walls and projects and actually getting it to it with my homies out other projects, you feel me? Like, I used to put that U on the map everywhere I go. But the rap side come from, I was on tour with Marcelo, and we used to get beats everywhere we go. Producers just giving beat CDs, and we'd just be riding on the bus, listening to beats and shit. So I started off as Marcelo Hype Man. Knowing all his shit, telling him in the studio, like, bitch, you should rap it like this. You should rap it like that. You feel me? Giving him topics. So one day I wrote my own, I wrote a song in a van called That Nigga Vogue. Always ride around, heavy metal in a car. It was a whack-ass song. You feel me? And Cello like, you playing, bitch, you might as well rap. You feel me? So I'm like, I'm going to see what it do. So at this time, I'm still on the heavy side with the executive because me and Marcelo had started the label. And I got hot on some um, some police shit. Like, they was just looking into it. I had too many calls in and out the parking lot and in apartments and shit. You feel me? So, I just did, I'm going to just go full and rap. You feel me? So, when the first song that I did was Spitting Currency called Smoke. Then I did another song with me, Marcelo, called Like Yeah. After that, called Smoke. Like, took off from there. You feel me? Gotcha. So, like, fast forward that. If you actually, I'm like shot your first movie, and I'm like JT, I'm like bigger figure, right? Right. So like, if, how did you even, I'm like connect with JT bigger figure, and like, and like tell the people, able, able, um, actually, um, who probably never saw the movie, on like what the movie was actually about. All right. So big dog, Bing, Seth called me, him and Chrissy called me like they had some on um, this cat down here shooting a movie, and they wanted to come into Cali, you and shoot a movie. So when they come there, they come in to shoot a movie, but then they got some other cats pull up with them. So it's like, whoa, whoa, what you doing, man? Ain't no, anybody can't come back here. So I called in Cali, and I get a background. I'm like, yo, who this nigga JT the bigger figure is, you heard me? So my cousin like, shit, he from around here on my project, you heard me? He official. So I called a few people in Cali. They stamped the situation, you feel me? So I appeared in his movie, Man Chaotic. So he was just talking about how he was about to come down here and start shooting movies. I'm like, nah, you ain't about to steal the culture, you know what I mean? We could do a partnership, you feel me? So he was like, shit, you ain't saying nothing. So I'm like, what the ticket is? So he told me a ticket. I told him, give me 10 minutes. I pulled around the bank, got some money, came back throwing the money like, let's shoot the movie. So I reached out to Clockwork, shout out to the homie Kato and Jesus, like, look. Man, we might well shoot this movie together. I'm going to use them a day. You use them a day. And then we just going to branch the whole city in it. You feel me? So we laid up there and just went on other niggas' blocks and like, yo, we shooting this movie. You know, he wanted to sell slots to people. But I'm like, nah, we're going to put the city on with this one. Right. Okay. And it was a good movie, you know. It was like for the people who haven't seen it. Yeah, I was supposed to be in it, but I ain't want to be in it. <laughs> okay. So, you know. If a fast, I'm like forward there, you know, that was your first movie. If a night working on, I'm like super rich. And it's actually one on that term of a song that you made 
over 10 years ago. Facts. So, like, like actually, I'm like, what made you, like, want to actually, I'm like, name your movie that? And also, actually, what made you jump, I'm like, in the film, like, industry? What's funny is the word super rich come from one day, man, currency sitting in the house, and we loaded as a motherfucker, you heard me? I said, boy, this some super rich shit, boy. He like, what you say? I'm like, like, some super rich shit. Like, nigga, this like, he like, ISH. I'm like, yeah, like, nigga, this shit just, it's just that type of ish, you feel me? He like, nigga, you need to run with that, you feel me? So, fast forwarding it, I'm sitting down again, and I'm bored. And I'm smoking some super rich shit, you feel me? And I ran into my homie 2K in the airport. I'm like, what you doing? He like, man, I'm trying to fuck with these films. I'm like, you know what? I ain't got shit to do. Let's write a movie together, you feel me? We'll call it Super Rich. And I write about how I actually came up with the term Super Rich, you feel me? So, man, 2K, we got together and we was back and forth with writing a movie. Once we felt like we had a solid enough script, I just reached out to a few people out the home team, you feel me? And just put it together. Right. So like, and for people that you know, plan on shooting movies and everything, and like writing scripts, tell them. I mean, how I mean, difficult it is to actually. I'm like write one. I'm like movie script. Man, actually, that shit is harder than what you think it is. Like, you gotta write it. You gotta plan for the type of time of the day, the feeling of the scene, the sky gotta match it, the outfits gotta match it, the sound. You know what I'm saying? It's a different sound when you outside than when you in a room. Like, I learned so much shooting this movie because the first movie was a running gun. We just took a camera, went through hoods, acted it out. This time, actually writing a strip. Like, you got to write dialogue so keywords, people could remember that and punch in so y'all ain't over-talking each other for the audio. Like, it was a fun experience, you feel me? So I got this funny question, X, about just all just the movie, period. Why the soul always got to play the plug in movies? Man, I just <laughs> left soul just now. Soul like, Calio, when we shooting the next movie? I'm like, guess what? So the next movie, we got Arabs, we got Asians, we got Mexicans, we got black, and you going to be the leader of your crew. You heard me? He said, I don't want to play the plug no more. But you know when you had that dream of meeting the plug, the plug always looked like soul. You feel me? <laughs> Guy that had a silk, slick hair, you feel me? Iced up. Soul just fit the plug scene, man. I was say, yes, Soul that played the plug about four movies, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but Soul is the plug, man. And, like, you know, and also just speaking on just Soul and different people, like, you know, just back in the day, what it was like seeing people come back to your project, like having one, I mean, take around in it, have a courtesy of Master P. The No Limit era was, it was a nice era because there was money flowing. Like, Master P brought everybody a Rolex, a car. They had houses. So, it was regular niggas who you seen was broke, come back to the hood, up now. You feel what I'm saying? So, it was motivational. And then, like I said, Dodo wanted in on that fast. So, when we was TLB before we was Tough Guy, like, we just was some niggas in the hood. And Dodo was like, I'm going to start a record label. I'm going to get Peter back. And then, you know Man, will it be? We probably brushed the shit all like, man, nigga, you don't know no Master P like that. You heard me? And then, fuck, it was a rap group called Tough Guys, and he went linked up uptown like he said he was going to do. You feel me? So, and again, you know what I'm saying? You got C in a project every day. You got Donim coming through, the Cut Boys on. Like, the, the yo was at their all time high at that time. You feel me? All right. And, you know, fast forward that, you know, 
years later, Ever Master P came back to the project and actually put you on the song. Nah, don't say he came. Don't say he came. I say he came back. I don't want to hurt him. Yeah. It just said he came back to the project. The project was totally her star at this time. You feel me? Like, again, I laid up there and, and followed that same Master P blueprint. You feel me? So instead of having everybody individually going on their own, it's like, shit, I'm going to go get Tokyo. I'm going to get B3. I'm going to bring all them under the same umbrella and we're going to hustle this shit together. And I'm going to teach B3 the game, and I'm going to teach Tokyo the game so they can teach their homies the game. You feel me? Like, Hustar was supposed to be what cash money was versus what No Limit was. Like, when you have cash money, but then you got young money, you feel me? And then Baby can let Slim run cash money, then he goes to a rich game. And then you got Drake with OVO, you feel me? You got Tiger doing this thing. So that was more of my vision, like... I'm going to teach them the game. I'm going to let them start their companies up. And then they're going to have a game to take their homes. And then I can focus on what's next for me. Right. So, you know. But yeah, who will start rolling? They're bound. Hey, but you get, you get jammed up. You got to do a juice. You come home off the juice with a plan. And then you actually lose your artist. So, like, you know, kind of like explain the process and just everything after that. Well, shit. Once I get jammed, like, we had to sit there on Smash. I had Sony. In pocket, I had Universal in pocket. I, I got me and Master P. We got a lovely relationship, man. Stunner got a lovely relationship. So, I got Black and Miley and Ace B over there at No Limit. I got Black Balloon over there at Cash Money. So, it's like, it's so strong that once I got jammed up, I'm thinking, you know, everything gonna move the way it moved. But they always say you cut off the head, the body drop. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm not saying I'm the head. It's just that we kind of lose vision when everybody just parting. So by the time I, you know, Tokyo got locked up before me. So I go lay down, me and Tokyo constantly writing each other back and forth. So it's like, he got out here before me. So it's like, as soon as you get out there, just go record. But over my time and my jokes, I'm like, I don't want to rap no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, the vision came. Like, I always brought up Hoodstock to be a company. So Calio Vault could never get bigger than Hoodstock. You feel me? So it's like I was invested in so much shit that you only know her star. You might don't know a song, but the brand is strong. So when Tokyo died, it was like, I got to carry this shit, but I'm carrying something that I really don't want fuck with. You feel me? So I thought K-White was going to be able to carry. You feel me? So K-White ain't carrying this bitch. So it's like, damn, what I'm going to do now? You dig? So I got to start back rapping. So on the night of my release party, my cousin died. That's my last motivation for this music. Because the music was never about the money for me. Like, it was just, it was never a passion and it was never about the money. It was like, it was an avenue to see my homies get rich. You talking about your cousin, um, Woody? Oh, that was an eight? No, no, okay. my cousin Woody. That died, um, leaving Encore. Okay. Right. So, like, and also, you still kind of, like, picked up a passion a little bit. Because I remember, you know, you had a cousin that was rapping in... I'm like in Atlanta, you were telling oh, yeah, me. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, Slug. You heard me? So, Slug, again, Slug was whack as a motherfucker, but his hustle was impeccable. You feel me? So, Slug would keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on sending me songs. And actually, the songs go to getting better and better and better. To one day, Black and Mild come in town, and we do a session, and I put him in the studio with Black, and he make like two hard ass records, and he made me a believer. So, I took the Hoodstar chain out the safe. 
put it on his neck and like, let's get to it. And as soon as we start getting to it, he get killed. So like, you know, and before we go forward, like, you know, like losing all those people that were very close to you around you, like, if, how did that I'm like affect you, like for your mental health and also like you, if, how you moved in life? I mean, I would say I always move right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I feel like when you show love, hate really don't exist. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm a lovable nigga. I show love everywhere I go. So that ain't never been an issue. You feel me? And far as the mental health, I've been seeing niggas die since I was born. You feel me? I probably grew up in debt. And I also, I talked to someone about them. Like, you know, New Orleans, it's like, it, it was damn near the, the um, like, unspoken. It's like people from like a small town in like Kentucky somewhere probably never heard nobody got died, but you grew up in New Orleans. And, like, your friends start to die at, like, 10, 11 years old. That's and, right. and it And, like, the shit become normal. It's like you just, you know, go to second line, then you, you know, you got memories, but you don't really speak up on it that much. Right. I said in a verse before, man, where I'm from, murder make you famous. Like, we grew up wanting to be, like, the killers that we seen. You feel what I'm saying? Then it got creative when you watching these mob movies and you saying that the most respected ones is the giant god, is the gangsters. You feel me? So... New Orleans, we got a heart for gangsters. We don't really listen to niggas if they background ain't solid. You feel what I'm saying? So that gangster shit, it be born in you and and so happen, that come with that gangster shit. You feel me? Like you talk about 94. 94 was the most violent in the year. And I was outside in 94. So imagine half the cats that I seen that you could pass on the porch earlier that day. By the time you double back, they dead. You feel me? And also, like, you know, people don't speak about this in New Orleans. Like, New Orleans is a very small city. It's like a 99% chance you're going to know the killer and the victim. Fact. And you just got to just keep it moving. <laughs> you got to just keep it moving. New Orleans one big ghetto. Like, the richest neighborhood and the poorest neighborhood share the same gas stations. So, you could have somebody in a hottie, and you could have somebody, a doctor in a Bentley, and they got to go to the same gas station to get gas. So it ain't no separation in New Orleans to where you ain't going to run into your enemy. It ain't safe. It ain't safe at all. You know, so, you know, it, it, but just last year, you know, it, but you lost all of your best friend. And, like, you know, I don't know how you felt about that because that was someone that, and most of the people who actually know Cali Vada, like the music artist, Knows Willie B. Facts. For a matter of fact, like, Willie, Willie more famous than Calio Vaughn without rapping. You feel what I'm saying? Like, Willie was in the game before I was in the game. And, you know, I, I shot a video about the situation. Like, we outside and this nigga Willie just keep coming around with brand new tennis shoes on. I'm like, bitch, what you got going on like that? You heard me? Put me down. You feel me? So, that's how I actually get... My cousin had come home and he was running with Dodo, my same cousin who died from uh, leaving live that night. So him, Dodo, Big U, all them was running together. And, and Willie was the young guy running with them. I didn't want hustle at this time. Like, I probably was trying to still get a job and I couldn't get hired because I had dreadlocks. You feel me? So losing Willie is like losing me. You feel what I'm saying? It's like losing the, the other side of me. Like, half of the jokes that a nigga laugh at. We get the joke without it being said, you feel me? Like, we jokes off niggas just by looking at niggas together, you feel me? Like, that connection is gone, losing him. I get that. And not the joke, but uh, 
I remember us being on the road, and I got to ask you this question, like, because you say a lot of jokes on Willie. Like, how did, like, what happened to his eye? <laughs> like, you said so much stuff, I won't believe some of them. Yeah, look, I tell people, they be like, what happened to his eye? I'm like, that bitch-ass nigga hit my stash, so I shot him in his eye, you heard me? Well, actually, Willie got um hit by a cop. Him and his brother was playing, and he was running behind his brother. And he ran in the um, street, and the car hit him. Because I remember just being younger, and they used to be like, man, if them dudes uptown, all messed up. They got a dude, <laughs> they got a dude up there with one eye, they talking about booby dude with one arm. So they thinking, everybody got, everybody got one something. So, <laughs> so I was like, but, but like, but like, would it be, but like, believe it or not, was like a staple uptown, because people knew. Will it be just by him having one eye? But he was always fly fresh. Oh, that's a fact. Bop, bop, one eye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, though. Will it been that guy? Like I said, when we was running through every project, it was me and him. You feel me? So if I didn't have relationships in that project, he had relationships in that project. You feel me? If I didn't have a female in that project, he had a female in that project. And we gonna go, we going anywhere. You feel me? I mean, one time we went seeing some bras. We were in the 13th. And we just out there, posted, chilling. And the niggas walk out there and they start shooting in the air, right? Bitch-ass niggas around here by with bras. And they mother thought that was going to make us just leave from around there, you heard me? So Willie, he just still shooting, popping his shit to the bra, you heard me? I'm like, bitch, come on, bitch, you heard me? He like, man, fuck that, give me your hammer, you heard me? So what he do, he start shooting in the air too. Boom, 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 you heard me? Like, fuck, let them bitch-ass niggas know we scrapped too, you heard me? Now that bitch was like that too. Well, God bless the damn Willie. Facts. Man, you had me, you had me and Willie about to fight every time we robbed each other. <laughs> so that bitch, ain't nobody beat me up who got one out. And that bitch said, fuck you. <laughs> Man, on the real, especially when I first come home, we go straight to the road. I probably went home a fucking week. We went straight on the road, you heard me? And like, you know, I know you, you know, if you, if you kind of, I'm like, express that a lot. Like, you know, it be like losing Tokyo was like, you know, you was really, you was, you was really ready um, to go, like, all in with Tokyo. Yeah, I was in full executive mode, you feel me? Like, my whole life, I operated in chaos. So, it was just one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Because all we know is the hustle, you feel me? But sitting down in that can, I was actually able to process my thoughts and put a, a solid plan together, you feel me? Because I'm laying down, but I ain't got no worries or no money, you feel me? So, it, like, it ain't like I'm running the streets trying to get money. I got no money worries, so... What the fuck else I got time to do? So I was in full executive mode and like, man, let me get out his way and give him what he deserved. You feel me? Like, you know, Tokyo get with her stalkers one day. I'm coming through the hood and I'm bored. You feel me? And I go out there and Tokyo like, bitch, get a nigga out the project. So I'm like, all right, let's go by black. We go to the studio. This nigga Tokyo like making love to the mic. I never seen an artist make love to the mic the way he made it. Like, he come on, I'm a money-making nigga. A nigga making money. I'm like, I'm a hater if I don't sign them. You feel me? And around this time, Tokyo was fucking with CNM. You feel me? So I'm like, what the situation is? He like, shit, boy, you you home team. You heard me? I'm like, well, I'm going to holler at Dofus and just see what it is. You feel me? So I holler at Dofus. Dofus gave me the green light. So it was death. Fuck, I knew Tokyo since a little boy, man. So, you know, speaking on CNM, like, you know, yeah, but what does C-Murder mean to the Cali Project? Because, like, C-Murder, like, really, like, you know, the documentary, everybody see him really, really was back there walking with him, 
you know, if, if all the kids who saw it got stories, if him give, giving the money and everything like that, like how was it like for you growing up, like having a, like having one like real relation? Oh, like, we see murder. Well, see, like chill to say, see under the flag, you heard me? So he Cali official, you feel me? So CNC in the hood, it gave motivation to the kids that you could be something. Cause he gonna be out there in the Bentley, he gonna be out there on the CBR bike. He gonna be out there in the excursion. Like, he gonna be out there in them cars. So, he give ghetto niggas hope. Because where we from, we don't really see that. You know what I'm saying? The Magnolia, the St. Thomas, they known for that stunting and that shining. We ain't really have too many nice cars. And I ain't the shit on the big homies. Like, them niggas was riding Range Rovers and, and drop-top Benzes and shit. And the other projects. Like, our homies, we, they had Harley Davises and Grand Prix Sports. And, you feel what I'm saying? Trans Ams. But them niggas pushing that foreign. So once he come back there with that rap money, he changed the game up. You feel me? And it just made a nigga like me believe you could be something more than a gangster, than a drug dealer. You feel me? So if how did you actually meet Currency? Well, we come up in that tough guy era together. You feel me? Um, so you met him in the project? I met Currency at the studio. <laughs> it's a funny story, though. Um, I go to the studio one day, to the tough guy studio. And Currency in there, he got pit bull dogs, you feel me? So he got the syringe in his hand. He about to get the dogs, the shots. So I walk in the room. I was like, see, bro, that little dude shooting dope. You heard me? It like, no, man, that's for the dog, man. That's coming to the hospital, man. That's the silver soldier. You feel me? Like, man, he don't do no drugs. But for my first time meeting him, he got a fucking syringe in his hand. And anytime I seen syringes, it's for niggas who shoot dope. <laughs> you think Currency about to get loaded. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me? So I think it was his session that day. So he must have gave the dogs to own the shop. And I'm just sitting in the studio playing pool and shit. So they dropping records and shit. I'm like, homie, nice. Like, homie, different. You feel me? Like, Spitter was different out the gate. So how did you build, you know, everyone on like strong on like relationship with him? Because we found the tough guy was raised as a family. If anybody come in the door with anybody, our tough guys, it's a family. You feel me? Like, Marcelo out the Magnolia. When Marcelo first got brought to the Calio by Victor, like, Dodo fell in love with Cello. You feel me? So, Cello on the porch with us every day. And Dodo gonna say, this the best rapper. This the best rapper. He'll, he'll smoke everybody. And at any given moment, Dodo will tell Cello, man, they think I'm playing. Spit something. And Cello had the raps. And Cello brought Spit around. And it's the same love, you feel what I'm saying? And then Spitter was a fly guy, my big dog, Big U. He loved the fuck out of Currency because Currency was always fresh. He always had some different new shit on, you feel me? So Big U used to try to dress like Currency, you feel <laughs> me? And man, what it be, we ran with Big U. So Currency, you know, it's all of us together all the time. So, you know, like, you know, speaking on, on like Dodo as well, like if he's someone that people kind of leave out, Cause like if he's a real or like staple for uptown, if it's not just the Cali, if it's just about what he was trying to do. Right. So like you know, if what's your greatest I'm like memory of him? Shit, every day Dodo gonna leave you with a memory. You feel me? Like it's just certain things we ain't at liberty to even talk about. You feel right. what I'm saying? Like it ain't for if you know you know. You feel me? But Dodo, he teach. Love, honor, and loyalty. You feel me? Like, if he, if he around you, he love you. You feel me? And if he love you, he love you. 
and we gonna stand on honor. And as soon as you dishonor, you gotta get the fuck from around us. And he stand on that. So like you know, I don't, you know you don't gotta speak on it, but but you you can if you want. But I'm like, it's how was everything after he was killed and like everybody had to transition and like you know find different labels and and like create their own label. Well, after Dodo died. I'm going to say that product was the birth of Calio Vault. You feel me? Because Big U was in jail when Dodo died. So Big U was in jail. I won't say Rasta was in jail. I won't say Rasta was in jail or Rasta had, was going to college or something. You feel me? And fuck, we was, we was still in the streets. Because Dodo had a, um, a policy when they started Tough Guy. Like, ain't no more drug dealing. So... If you drug dealing, you can't really come around a record label like that because he don't want that shit to fall bad on him and then it fall bad on Master P. So it was like he ceased a lot of money going to chase that rap money. And I can remember the day we was on the block and he got the phone call like Marcelo album went gold. You feel me? And we just all on, the, you know, laughing and joking and shit. But then Doe said, you see, you see, you just got to trust the process. But... I ain't want to hear that shit. <laughs> you feel me? Like, then it was time for them niggas to go on the road. So I dipped in and out on certain road dates, but I was stuck in the project. So once Doe got killed, like, the family was kind of broke up. The outside family, you feel me? Because Dodo, like I said, he was the link to a lot of shit. Like, he had GTO off Third and G. He had Tonto on Durgeon Wall. He had links downtown. He had other links in the Magnolia. You feel me? So... It was back to everybody just back in their huddles, you feel me? Like, trying to figure out what they was going to do. And, fuck, I just took off on the street side for us, you dig? So, it was like, fuck, I would click. We still was together. The Flo. Taliban, Bundy. Um, Cash Flow to God. Yeah. Twin. If a TJ was around them. Yeah, Young Promo. All of them had dreads. Yeah. You had dreads, too. Facts. First time I saw you was at Wags, and I thought you was a Jamaican. <laughs> and if you left your fucking BMW Benz key on, on the thing, and I when I came outside and brought it to you. Yeah. And I didn't know what the hell you were. I didn't know you was a rapper or nothing. Yeah. I wasn't rapping then. You feel me? You, you so, um, the fam gang, it comes on. Um, this is a funny story, too. Um. I was in a project one day and Marcelo pulled up and he was like, man, what's up, man? We trying to do this rap shit back, man. Fuck with me. I got this group, man. Woo, 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 right? So I'm like, I'm looking at Cello and I'm looking at my block and I'm like, man, you don't get the fuck from around here talking about no rap shit, man. We got bricks around this bitch, you feel me? So I get busted like a week later, <laughs> you feel me? The police go in the house, take 171000 from me, you feel me? So... I hit Cello up when I buy, because I bind out the same day. You feel me? So I hit Cello. I'm like, what's up with that rap shit? <laughs> so Cello, like, I got a show in Birmingham. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to ride out and see how it is. So I ride out to Birmingham. We get picked up in the stretch. Ben, shout out to the homie Boo. You heard me? Shit, I'm still locked in with the homie Boo. So we go out there, and I'm just watching this rap life to what I never seen. I seen the tough guy rap life. But this totally different when it's everything for Marcelo. You feel me? It's already the, the pad is already laid out for Marcelo. You feel me? It's the difference from when you going around promoting to when you actually then made it and the people know the songs and you actually got a fan base. You feel me? So I think Cello had a song. It was him and the fam game on the song. 
So he was like, man, man, these niggas on some street shit, man. They're on some street shit. So we clicked up, you feel me? So I became the president of the fam game. You dig? So I'm like, cash and bonds, I took lightning into them niggas, you feel me? So fuck, as I'm the president, I just went to dumping money in the record label, you feel me? And just learning the business of the shit. So, being in the music industry and being around it for over 20 plus years, I'm like, what do you enjoy about it? And, and, and tell us what do you actually gonna hate about it. I like everything about it because if you come from a, a transactional business side, you understand business. You feel me? You understand to get something, you got to give something. So, I'm all about business. And if I know something could be got, I just need to know the price. You feel me? I need to know the price or the cost. You feel me? Because everything got a cost no matter if it's time or money. You feel me? So some shit just don't come with money. Some shit you got to put in work for. You feel me? And the shit that I hate about it, I hate that rappers are divas. Like, rappers think the world stopped for them. You feel me? They, they act like nigga get one hot song and they feel like they motherfucking Lil Wayne around this bitch and they stop hustling the same way they hustled when they first got the song. You feel me? And they put the brakes on a lot of niggas' careers and they failed a network. Like, nigga get hot in their section and all their homeboys rapping it, and they think they done took over the world. So, I'm going to speak on this, too, as well. Like, if you're just seeing it, but the way you move it, you probably learned from other people, it, but actually by going into the, it, it before it's done, like, chitlin' circuit of Louisiana. Like, you know, traveling to them small towns like Bunky, Louisiana, and stuff like that. Right. And also, why you was even, you know, Making your own, you know, in your way of hood stuff. Because, like, like, just in New Orleans now, like, if we just said you from Uptown, like, music artists don't even really kind of go on the West Bank and promote it. Facts. So it's like, and why you think that, like, you know, artists move like that? Like, like I would think you would try to, like, make yourself known and kill it everywhere, but artists don't move like that. No I think it's fear of the ego. You feel me? So if you that nigga on your block, right, and everybody on your block know you and love you, and to go walk on another block where nobody knows you, that hurts ego. You feel me? Because you feel like you didn't put on all this work to get this notoriety on your block. But as soon as you leave off your block, nobody knows you. And we talking about the era before social media. You feel me? Like, I think about if I was being that era of social media where I'm going to put all my money and my jewelry my cars up there. Shit, we up, but... Just think about that, though. If you leave out, if you're in the night wall, you that nigga in the night wall, and cross the river, ain't number 15 minutes away. Fuck, everything in New Orleans is 15 minutes away. But cross the river niggas don't go on the night wall. So if you won't cross the river niggas to know you, you got to go cross the river. You feel me? And that goes with that network willing to go anywhere. Like, and you mentioned Wags. Shout out to homie Larry. Man, I parked my car by Wags, and I'm going to walk in the project. And... Still to this day, I go to Wags and them niggas love me around there because I came around showing love. And I kept an ear to the street. So if I gave a concert and somebody on that side buzzing, I ain't even got to know you. You feel me? I'm going to find out somebody who know you and I'm going to put you on the show. Like Maserati Nick. You feel what I'm saying? Like Kenneth. Rest in peace to Kenneth too. You feel me? Like I used to go around there and everybody was loving this nigga Maserati Nick. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm like, Kenneth. Put that nigga on the show. You heard me? Kenny like, all right, cool. I'm going to reach out to him. I know his people. You feel me? I don't know him, but I'm going to throw that alley hoop to him because I see what they're doing. Same way with Dustin Money in the Night Walk. Like, I used to go in the HOB 
and they got a hot song booming. You feel me? So it's like if I'm giving a show, I'm gonna tell one of the homies, man, reach out to them, put them on the situation. You feel me? Cause everybody, New Orleans look good when it's more than one nigga popping. You can't have one nigga popping in the city. You look at Detroit, we can name ten artists from Detroit popping. We talk about Atlanta, we can know ten artists. You feel me? Well, speaking on that, you know, if we have like one brand new person popping now, so like, what you think it's gonna take? And for that next artist to get known, um, actually besides, I like Rifle 9. I mean, Rifle 9 sound like itself. Right. You feel me? And he actually do touch New Orleans type of beats. You feel me? He just dropped a new song, Ball and Chill. It sound like us. You feel me? The um, He dropped a song with Black and Mild. It sound like us. You feel me? So, I like a few other niggas out here too. You feel me? So, I like Cole Young and I like YD the Ellis. Like, there's some niggas out here that's nice that once they keep hustling, they're going to be right there. And I see that the doors opening up for New Orleans because young niggas in charge right now. Like, old niggas don't got no say-so no more. Ain't nobody can't stop no nigga. It used to be the only way you could get in the game is through no limited cash money. But niggas then moved around and cultivated relationships to where my phone will ring from somebody somewhere and be like, yo, fuck. You know, such and such, I'd be like, yeah, homie moving right. You feel me? And I don't got to know homie personally, but I can observe and like the way homie moving. I'm going to get that okay. And you know what I'm saying? Shit, doors open up for that person. You feel me? Yeah, but think about Katrina, that. right? Ride 4 9. Just right. say that. He from the 4 and the mm -hmm. 9. You feel me? So just off that alone, the 9 is the biggest wall. <laughs> you, you feel, feel me? Regardless. So <laughs> yeah. The 9 is the bigger wall and the 4 damn yeah Canal Street. You feel what I'm saying? The heart of the city. So when you look at it like that, Katrina hit, it dispersed everybody everywhere. So everybody got flavor. We used to call West Bank niggas country. West Bank niggas ain't country. <laughs> you feel me? And when you start moving around on the West Bank, you be like, damn, nigga, rock how we rock. You feel me? So, Katrina, it spread at that fucking gumbo pot around to where everybody got a little uptown sauce. You feel me? You look at Baton Rouge. The niggas got uptown sauce. But it's downtown niggas out there in Baton Rouge. But they got uptown sauce. They got uptown niggas in Baton Rouge. Too. Got, but downtown niggas really like that, like that in, in, in BR. Right? Seven wall niggas, nine wall niggas in BR are like, Putting that stamp down. It was the first person from Baton Rouge I saw. Well, not from Baton Rouge. The first person I saw from New Orleans make himself known in Baton Rouge was Shell with Trim Tate. All right. Yeah. Shout out Shell too. You heard me? Like, <laughs> I don't know if Shell remember this night. On uh, one night we out there in BR and me, Willie B, Roster on that Cali, your shit, trying to bully everything. So we in shenanigans. You heard me? So my partner wrote. He must have ran with Boost in them early days. This before Boost is just, it's around the time um, Molo and them was home. You feel me? So we're in the club. DJ Bobby like, man, I want to introduce you to somebody, man. So he introduced me to Boosie. Boosie got the bracelet on about that big on his wrist. You heard me? I got my bracelet on. Canaveras in there. But it ain't big as Boosie shit. You feel me? So um, the nigga Boosie looked me up and down on something like, who the fuck this nigga is? You know, like, giving me a run for my money. You feel me? So, will it be like, man, let's get them niggas. Let's get them niggas. I'm like, no, bitch. <laughs> you feel <laughs> me? So, um, Booster was kind of like, will it be? He, he he gave off that energy. So, Booster had to call all the niggas from Baton Rouge to come to the club to catch his back. You feel me? 
and Shell come in the club. You heard me come through that bitch bobby because Shell ain't know what was going on. You feel me? So Shell come over there like, what's that for, bitch? I'm like, I'm cooling, I'm cooling. He like, bitch, I ain't know that's who Hat was talking about. You heard me? I guess they called him Hatch or something. You yeah, did? Yeah, so my partner wrote and flashed out. Man, these bitch ass niggas think this and think he going all about boosting them. Look around to sit. Ah, get from Bob's, homie. <laughs> like, uh-uh, we don't roll like that because he thinking he got us with him. He about to pin us against them on some situation shit. Rasta like, ah, get from around there by us, you feel me? And so tell us this. And so tell us actually, I'm like, what's next for you? Shit, what's next for me? I'm in this production company right now. I'm shooting movies, man. Like, I ain't fucking with the music no more. So I'm all into this production company, you feel me? Like, Hoodstar Films, we about to take this shit. I'm tired of people coming out here still in our culture, and we ain't got a piece of it. And the shit come from me watching the CTC movie, like, the and fuck is they talking about? Which boy, Rizzo? Yeah, oh, like, man, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck is they talking about, you feel me? Like, they ain't talking our lingo, they ain't dressing like us. He had the same view from Wu-Tang playing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you niggas ain't saying nothing what we saying, they ain't rocking no dicky fits in the night walk, they ain't doing nothing, like, fuck no, man, we gotta start having ownership in our culture, like, a lot of niggas talk about them stealing our culture, but we ain't doing nothing with it. So if we ain't owning our culture, we sitting on, un it's like slavery. Right. It's like you niggas looking at America, y'all got all this land over here, y'all ain't doing nothing with it. Fucking well right, take it from the Indians. Fuck, y'all ain't doing right. nothing with it. Well, if I love when everyone mentioned, you know, if like the, you know, if Forge Dunn and Dickie Fitz. Like, so, Forge, your knowledge, who started rocking? I'm like, Dickies first in New Orleans, because, like, everybody is claiming it. I mean, fuck. Niggas had to rock Dickies at school. Nothing <laughs> about the full Dickie. I said the night walk. You heard me? Yeah. I said the night walk, but you know everybody got their thing. I said the night And, walk. like, I also just had Booby Black on here, and, you know, he didn't really mention it, but I kind of painted, like, the narrative, like, Uptown started rocking Camel first. And the night walk immediately rushed with LG and a few other people. Uh, I'm gonna say that I knew the camo from the nowhere. You feel right. me? Like I'm from uptown, and when I used to go on the Lafitte, I used to rock camo just to be, you know, what I'm saying to set set myself aside from uptown. You feel me? Like I ain't from around here. You feel me? But that nowhere, that's camouflage for sure, for sure. So you know, I remember a few years ago, you know, hey, but you kind of like introduced me to you know, it was like I'm like New Orleans on to BR. So like you know, I want you kind of it would kind of um actually on like explain and then how they actually on that came together. I mean, shout out to the homie Ray Vix too. So my homie Fifty One Fifty had a dream that he could bring the whole Louisiana together. You feel me? So is the dream over? I don't think so. <laughs> you see, he had a dream. He had a dream. He over with. You feel me? Fifty One Fifty got the fuck out of this shit. You heard me? So he had a dream to bring the whole Louisiana because. Louisiana is so fucking separated and New Orleans got this thing out from New Orleans, not Louisiana. You feel me? But actually, you know what I'm saying? The boot is strong itself. You feel me? So me and Ray Vicks, we did a few records with 5150. So fuck, I introduced him to my hood. I went out there and fuck with his hood. And we seen what Boosie and BG was trying to do. And BG got locked up. You feel me? And they were trying to bring Baton Rouge and New Orleans together. So I was like... Shit, we can start running that same place. So they start coming down here a lot. We start going out there a lot. But then we start traveling through the whole state. So we making alliances in Appaloosa, Lafayette, Marksville, Bonky, Lafayette, 
Alexandra, Shreveport, Bashery, like Gramercy. We we just moving around. Fuck Hammond, Homer. We just went to lock and estate down, and we started this movement called No to Br. You feel me? And we just took niggas out every city in Louisiana and put them on the mixtape series. And man, Ray Vicks like really hand headed the movement. You feel me? So like far as you know, just that whole movement. Do you plan on I'm like shooting shooting any movies or like you know like web series for it? I ain't gonna do a web series, but I probably do a um I probably do a show. You feel me saying called N O the B R. We got a we got a documentary, you feel me saying that we just ain't release it yet, but shit, we got we went to putting everybody on this. Like I brought Shot Glizzard to the project. They brought Dej Low. Well, I brought Dej Low to the Cali. Or they brought Dej Low to the South. Hey, I actually Road. brought Dej Low during when y'all yeah, doing our concert. Yeah, yeah. I said, I said, that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, we just wanted to push that narrative that Louisiana as a whole. You feel what I'm saying? And then Ken, he took that man and fresh sound, and he did something immaculate with it. You feel me? And here come emerge Baton Rouge with a new sound. You feel me? Like. Baton Rouge was known for that jigging, but now that new sound in Baton Rouge, they got that city mixed in it. And like I said, it's a lot of niggas from New Orleans in Baton Rouge. You feel me? And like speaking on just the whole Louisiana, like they got producers all around Louisiana actually know how to make it a full, I'm like bounce mix now. Because back in the day, you, you know, you had to go to Black and Mile, a certain people. Right. And but now you got people from like Reserve, or like Michael, who like killing the game right now on like every level. Right. And like he not even from New Orleans. Right. So it's like, you know... I mean, where, where, where are we cutting New Orleans right. off at now? Like, what's the city limits where we cutting New Orleans off at? See, the thing is, New Orleans, and they, you know, speaking as New Orleans, like, they go, they go say uptown to the east. And the crazy part is, the east is really at the night wall. Nah, the east is the east. The east ain't like the night that, wall. That, no, no, that is the night wall. If you look at the ward map... Well, that's the case. We the second wall. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, but you know, just you you grew up in New Orleans, you know, they like they don't like they not came to West Bay, they not let they not let nobody from Metairie or Kenna claim New Orleans. But crazy boy, we all got the same area cool. But when we go in that can shit, the West Bank, you need all of them to represent New Orleans. You feel what I'm yeah. saying? Fuck it. Ain't no such thing. Oh yeah, but you go if you go anywhere anywhere upstate, yeah, you yeah, you go claim. I mean everybody from New Orleans. We all won in that can together, you feel me? Fuck the West Bank, the East. The East Bank, the whole East Bank and the West Bank. But the crazy part is, even just the like, just the claiming New Orleans, like if you go to the fans and travel around the world, you're really from Louisiana now. Nah, that's a fact. So like, you ain't you ain't about to just be claiming no New Orleans no more because you gonna be crazy not claiming old Louisiana. You ain't gonna be that strong. Right. <laughs> that's a fact though. But like, why you like, why you think yeah, but that mentality? Like who? Like I don't even know where that started at. Like you know, and, and like it and. I mean, I kind of feel like that's the reason why a lot of New Orleans artists don't have one fan base how they should because they don't, like, kind of, like, embrace the whole Louisiana. Moving around. And the crazy thing, one of our biggest markets as a New Orleans artist is Thibodeau. You feel me? Like, you go down there to Thibodeau, you go get some money. You go down there to Delta Grand and Appaloosa slash Lafayette line, you get some money down there. You feel me? You go out there... Damn, rest in peace at home and Pratt the Cat, you feel what I'm saying? Like, Pratt, he'll run Louisiana, New Orleans artists through that, and you get you some money. But a lot of New Orleans niggas don't know that because I guess we so shell-shocked from our local radios not showing us no love that we don't understand. They got radios that's dying for us to come. Like, 
Lil Wayne not going to Alexandra to go get on the radio and put his music. Like, since I started music, I beat every song I drop. I'm number one on the countdown in central Louisiana. I go out there and mess with Eric T and Lake Charles, get in full rotation. Like, they died for our artists to come out there, but our artists still fighting that system, that Q93, then later then took all hope out you from getting on the radio. Thing is, I'm speaking on, speaking for, for, for us, that's that's business, that's yeah. you feel what I'm saying? Like, we talking about business or we just talking about a rap hustle? Because if running a record label or rap business, you and your mindset to already go do business. You feel me? You know features costs. You know placements costs. You know beats costs, clearance costs, studio costs. And, and believe it or not, if like ninety percent of artists in New Orleans right now don't even know that. Like when you actually like talk to them, like for the business wise, because they, they don't know. Rap hustling, they yeah, not running they a record really label, they not yeah. handling business. You feel me? And the ones that do handle business, you feel me? Like, you know, you might look at a Cali Yovar, right, and you might say, "Damn, and they ain't had no success." But I done made a million dollars on rap off doing rap business. You feel me? I never sell my culture to my culture. You feel me? I take that uptown swag and bring it to the world. Why I'm trying to sell niggas I done went to high school with me. They ain't going to look at me no other than fuck. You feel me? So we got to take our culture and sell it to the world. The world is dying for our culture. Why you think they come here stealing our culture? I get that. But I'm just saying, like, why, like, like, how you think, like, the if the brand new generation of artists just actually just, just came in and just, just woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a rapper, but don't realize this is a full business. You are a brand once you do your your fucking distro kid. Once you put your name out there, you supposed to treat it as a brand. But but like the artists just wake up thinking they can just you talking about the artist or you talking about a rapper? Okay, because an artist rapper artist, right? <laughs> no, a rapper <laughs> understand art. You okay. feel me? And art is a business. Right. You feel me? So if you talking about a rapper, he just want to rap. He really that's why most rappers get jacked. That's why most record labels jack rappers because they don't understand business. And, and then think about either. the time too, right? Um, we not in a drug dealing era no more. You know what I'm saying? Coming up in the, in the 90s, in the two, early 2000s, everybody did transactional business. You know what I'm saying? So it was like more hustlers. Like hustle not a thing no more. Everybody want now and they want to take. You feel me? We in a robbery jacking phase now right <laughs> so since we're in a robbery jacking mindset everybody want what they want now they don't want to hustle for it they don't want to build something they want it now they want a microwave you feel me so well, I they want it now they want it now and then you look at a nba young boy who you would think he made it overnight but not understanding he been playing the backfield he come up under scotty kane he come up under um, G Money, you feel what I'm saying? So he played the back film, was able to see how they built their brand. So about time he come out with NBA, with the motherfucking Jordan, with the with the Glock, you feel me? That's marketing itself that just went. You feel what I'm saying? All right. Well, I'm gonna ask you this, since I got you right here. Do you think the first time ever when we did NBA YoungBoy concert, did you think he was gonna become the person who he is right now? I, I did think he was. I really mad that I didn't lock him down for more dates. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's like, I keep my ear to the streets. And when I'm in jail, like, I knew, um, Jaden Youngin was going to be who he was. You feel what I'm saying? Like, my niggas out bugger loose put me on him early and put me on the phone with him in a can. You feel what I'm saying? So, NBA young boy, I was already hearing him beat up. You feel me? And then Scotty Kane was running with Black Balloon at the time. So, 
we always got our ear to the streets, but you be really want to see what the art is going to do itself. Like, is they going to keep going or is they going to slow down? You feel me? Because within, you know, we got a lot of artists here that get to that plateau and then they just fall down because they think they made it and they don't want to put no work in. And, you know, getting the game from Crack Track with booking all these artists, like, you make sure you build that relationship with an artist early. So when they do get to that 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 big, you have that relationship with them already. Like, I'm mad new artists don't feature on each other's music enough. You feel me? I'm mad artists don't network with each other. Like, if ain't no blood being spilt, it ain't no reason for two artists not to get on the same song and, and trade balls. It's a competition. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like, in my mindset, I'm trying to bust your ass on the song. So y'all got to get on the song and, and go back. That makes the best music. If I think like a lot of artists, as far as, as, far as the business wise, just if just watching if how these mainstream artists move, if instead of really building relationships in the city right now, like everybody just just like you know, if everybody feel like they hotter than actually what they really are. All right. So I talked to you because you 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 been around a lot. So when I was on house arrest, what I did, I brought the artists to me. I couldn't leave no more. So therefore, I can't go to the Breakfast Club right now. So I'm going to book the Breakfast Club so I can get a Breakfast Club content. So if I make it to the Breakfast Club, they're familiar with me. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to book Cameron. I'm going to book Nipsey Hussle. I'm going to book Jada Kiss. You feel me? Every time I booked the artists, I brought them through New Orleans. You feel me? Like Nipsey, he went by skip. We took him to the Pauline Connection. We let Double Black feed Nipsey Hussle. You feel what I'm saying? We took Cameron through the city. We got... That's how Jada Kiss getting Ray Vicks got his feature with Jada Kiss. Like, Shaq Glizzy, he coming to Cali, or he go CC Murder, come back. You feel what I'm saying? Like, we built a relationship that I can't leave. I'm going to bring you. I ain't going to let my shit stop. I got to bring you niggas here. And it just up the game more because when I move around, them same relationships I still have. Well, speaking on you, you know, you always moved as a business person instead of a music artist. A lot of these artists trying to be an artist, artist actually, but until they get signed, if they don't realize they can move up as a business and actually get money actually before that point, or build strong, I mean, leverage for a deal. Like I tell artists all day, you don't really need a label. Now you can really just pop multiple different ways and get distribution deals. Matter of fact, build your credit. You can go get your own loan. Facts. Like that's what. Like people don't speak on that. Like like when you sign a label, that's all they doing is getting a loan. That's a fact. So, like, and you can put insurance on lost income. You feel me? So, but that goes back to the mindset of you a hustler or you a taker. Because if you a hustler, you gonna go get it. The same way going out and get resources for your music is the same way you going ride to Texas to get bricks. You feel me? Or going ride across the river to go serve a nigga a few pounds. It's the same hustle that you know you got to move around. Cause you can't have. Niggas from Crawford River keep coming in the Cali on scope. They're going to fuck around and get jacked. And you don't want people to watch your pop. So you got to leave to go move around. You feel where I'm at with it? So when you running a business, it got to be the same mindset. When Xbox was when Xbox first come out, you was allowed to play music on Xbox. And you could search certain your favorite artist names on there. So I'm like, why the fuck my name ain't on here? You feel me? So I went to Atlanta. And I went find me a distribution deal to put me on Xbox. Just so happened, iTunes was popping off at this time. Like I, it was the birth of iTunes. 99 cents for a song. You feel me? So I got music with 
see murder. I got music with currency. They are with labels, and the labels just haven't placed their music in this because they didn't see screaming for what screaming was gonna be. You feel me? So I take my home of the dope song with see murder. I put it on streaming networks, right? I make a hundred thousand in two months off a song with me and see murder. And Marcelo always taught me don't claim other niggas publishing because you don't want to get sued. So we'll leave a nigga publishing open so he could claim his other his own shit. You feel me? So when his label or he go register his shit, they piece of the pie is already there. I don't get their money. You feel me? So that ego of how the fuck them they doing it and I can't do it. You feel me? So that's where I was at with it. With just the change in the music. Like if it's out there to be got, you got to go learn it. You got to go get it. You can't sit back and cry about what somebody ain't doing for you. You feel me? Gotcha. So, you know, and, and at first, you know, and like Uptown had Soldier Slim, then, you know, it, but the city was like introduced to um, BTY Youngin because like people just like, like, like both of them, like, it, but the reason why I, uh, but I kind of like mentioned both of them is because they had like they had a different type of buzz. They had that it fact. Yeah, they had the it fact. They had a buzz on every part of New Orleans, even even the greater New Orleans. Right. Like like you know the West Bank. Like and they also both of them didn't mind maneuvering around all the places. Like you might see Soldier Slim in Dan Morero. Right. Or Kenna. Like and BTY did the same. So it's like like you that know, come from willing to listen. You okay. feel me? Like when younger, I had a beat that um. Track addicts made for me, you feel me? And um, Chaotic come out of the house with this young cat, you feel me? He like, Youngin had to be like 13 or something. Like, Youngin was young, young, you feel me? So he went off on my beat. He was like, man, who that beat for? And I was writing a song. He was like, man, let me fuck with that. And he recorded the shit, you feel me? And I was like, man, that's your song, <laughs> you feel me? Man, he went bananas on that bitch, you feel me? So... But Youngin was so deep in the streets around this time, you feel me? So I don't even think he took his artistry the same way, you feel me? So after I guess when he fell out and he come home, Boo brought him by the carver. So I was doing a Yogada that night. So Youngin come to Yogada, I'm like, I put him on a Yogada show. Youngin them come in there probably 50 deep. They fucked around and went in my, they went in my section, you feel me? So when the beat come, like, man, who the fuck them niggas is in the section, you heard me? So I go up there, I talk to them, they leave. Respectfully, I had probably like a hundred bottles in my section. You feel me? The niggas ain't take nothing to nothing. You heard me? So I situated them. So I told Youngin like, man, you gotta always book yourself once every two months to check your buzz to see if your buzz really working. And if it ain't been no blood been spilled, you gotta work with every artist. If they listening to them, you gotta go smoke them on their own song. You feel what I'm saying? So. By the time I come home, you know, I fell, come back home, I said, told you and Younger down in the studio, just us three by Black and Mild in the studio. And I'm like, you know, they talk. You dig? So this is what we gonna do. You gonna hit them from the left, I'm gonna hit them for the right. You feel me? He went to Black Balloon, shout out to my home and feet. You feel what I'm saying? So Youngin situated over that Black Balloon. I got Tokyo. So we, we did two, three records on them, and we started. Let's go. You hit him from that side, we gonna hit him from this side. You feel me? Younger just ain't never stopped that. You feel me? Gotcha. So like, you know, like actually seeing BTY grow, then actually actually him getting killed in the city, 
Like, do you think, like, you know, like, because, like, like, people always put this, if people spread this on narrative that rappers only get killed in these city. So how do you feel about that saying? Because, like, because I, I feel like, you know, every rapper don't get killed in this city. Depends on what you did in your past or what you own. Right. So, like, I, I want to know how you feel about that shit. Like, you know, way most rappers that. own, where they own that, where they own that type of level at in this city, right? If you go to Houston and you own that shit, you're going to get killed in Houston. You feel me? So, most our rappers, we don't know the line between being a rapper and being a street nigga. Because New Orleans, everybody a street nigga. You feel me? The camera, I done had cameramans come in my hood to shoot videos, and they got extended clips on them. You feel me? Like, everybody's a gangster in New Orleans, and that's sad to see. You I feel just told me? someone, I said, I man, I think everybody is a killer or have or have the like, potential. Because you've seen so much in this Right, city. and the game forced your hand because you could not be fucking with it, and just because your cousin fucking with it, they put you in it. You feel me? So... That narrative of most rappers get killed in their city is most rappers is on that gangster shit in their city. Ain't nobody really just sitting around hating on no nigga going, that nigga about to make it as a rapper, I'm going to kill him. You feel me? Right. Like, but think I, about the rappers that, that still walk around their city all day with love because they ain't on no gangster shit. They might rap gangster shit, but they ain't on no gangster shit. Like half hour rappers that we grew up listening to from Tupac to... All the other rap, they ain't never was gangsters. Like, we look at these interviews now, and these niggas talking about they was homeless, but yet they rap about being big-time drug dealers. These niggas wasn't gangsters. Look at Dr. Dre when we look at the NWA movie. These niggas rap real gangster shit. They got the whole world influenced to be gangsters. And then we see Easy e was the only gangster. Right. Yeah. And people don't really know the backstory, but I'm going to speak on, like, just in New Orleans, like, everybody, like, it's a big percentage chance if a person from New Orleans raps with gangster stuff, he's really around or did it because right. you have no choice. Like, it ain't really too much cap. And what come with gangster shit? Get right. to jail. Right. There's nowhere around it. If you sling a nine, you're you going to die. You're going to go to jail. But, I, like, the reason I, I just, I just, if I just put New Orleans like that, because, like, you can be from Chicago. You could really grow up in the suburbs of Chicago and not be around under that. Right. If you say that in New Orleans, somebody going to test you. I don't think it's a test you. I think niggas said so much that they, till they believe it. Oh, okay. You feel me? It's an artist and we ain't gonna say his name that we both know, right? Humble kid. Ain't grew up in it. Start rapping, he became it and he died. You feel me? He became it after he got a buzz and turned to that gangster shit and died. You feel what I'm saying? Like, niggas start to rapping that shit and believing that shit and thinking they iron chest charlie and there's always a nigga that's quiet, they're gonna sling that out. And that always somebody ready to, <laughs> ready to take your alley. You feel me? Like, I don't like the narrative that we talking about on um, not using rap lyrics against us when these niggas rapping about their bodies. They rapping about their bodies exactly how they catch a body. That ain't art. <laughs> you feel me? I don't even know how that became a trend. That's that Chicago shit. And the drill. That's that drill shit. <laughs> you heard me? And like and like I noticed how much like the drill effect actually took upon most cities because like New Orleans artists, New Orleans they used to show guns, like it used to be like a forbidden. Yeah, it was right. forbidden. Like man, I'm gonna go to jail. Like the police really know me. 
Right. Like the police really know how to come grab me right now. That's a fact. But like like when I start seeing them, like, oh they little like these shit a little more bolder. Man, we had the motherfucking narcotics was at the, the door at the clubs in New Orleans. Like, nigga, you can't go to the club with a warrant in New Orleans if you want it for a murder, because they got the narcotics doing details. You but feel the crazy point, I just think a lot of these young people that just coming out, especially in New Orleans, just don't you really don't know no better. Cause like if you really would have paid attention ten years ago, and when they shot New Orleans exposed and Everybody went to jail. And they shot point two, they started taking all of them to jail. But nobody yeah. but nobody told people like them dudes were going to jail for showing guns and stuff like that. Right, but the difference between New Orleans exposed the first one, they talked about it. New Orleans exposed the new millennium, they showed it. <laughs> yeah. You feel me? Like, you know, I went to go shoot my scene on there and the dude was like, Man, where the guns at? Man, where the woo and nah, I homie, we talking life. We ain't talking debt around here. Cause in the street nigga who a real street nigga, you didn't felt debt. You didn't lost somebody close to you. You feel me? Like, we trying to make it home to feed them kids, man. We ain't out here trying to spread debt. Cause fuck, what's after debt? Nothing. <laughs> you feel me? I just don't know how to explain. Like, I just don't know. Like, like if how cause like I remember 10 plus years ago, New Orleans was influencing the world. So now we are the ones getting influenced and doing different things. Like I see people doing drill down here. Everybody would be like, like I saw a dude walking up canal like even a young boy. Right. <laughs> like how many OGs that we got that still on? Like from that era, right? right? How many OGs really came back and ran a successful label to inspire the world? Down here? Yeah. Only one. Who that? Currency. All right, that's a fact. But you know, but Birdman talks about currency. Still here. got his youth though, right? You feel what I'm saying? Currency still in touch, and he didn't whip nobody else wave. He kept his wave, and his wave is the wave. You feel what I'm right. saying? Like niggas jumped in his lane, and most of our old artists and our OGs, they didn't create a lane for the next. You feel me? Because like I said, we come through the game from no limited cash money, and. Half these young cats was out there, but they didn't have no knowledge. They wasn't real hustlers. They was kids rapping gangster shit. You feel what I'm saying? Just like every other artist that come from that era, they rapping shit that they don't live. You feel me? So about time, you not learning the business because all you want to do is get some jewelry, fuck some hoes, see some shit you ain't never seen before. Not knowing you got a whole culture that you got to inspire and teach after you. You feel what I'm at with it? But I have this big on like theory. I don't know. It's always an if and would have. I really think if Master P and Cash Money would have stayed in New Orleans and had like big Cash Money builders and no limit record labels on Canal Street, bringing people like Drake in there, New Orleans would be even more stronger than Atlanta because it would force the labels to be down here. Nah, because what you said is New Orleans is one big ghetto. How the fuck could Birdman and No Limit survive in the same city with all their partners at walk. They survived for how many years were they doing it now? Nah, because we did, they shut a city. Yeah. Meaning, Birdman and might, well, Cash Money might be on tour when No Limit home. No Limit might be on tour when Cash Money home. Ain't too much. Like, it's, it's a small ass city. What you gonna put? I mean, you got Canal Street. That's our best street, right? Right. Where the fuck you gonna put them at? Where these buildings gonna go at? You yeah. feel me? Because we already said New Orleans is one big ghetto. Everybody street niggas. Right, but like, like you like, if you think about Atlanta, like, you know, 
Atlanta big. What you would think, like, people put it like, man, we're going to have a business, but we're going to, you know, we're going to keep our beef over there. We ain't going to bring it in a certain area. How because of the money. I'm just saying, you I would mean, think, you know. Shit, look at the Lujan and Young Thug situation. You feel what I'm saying? Like, the OGs ain't making no calls on that, so look what that turned into. We got a real street wall playing out in music. You feel me? To where a nigga going on trial for his life over music of him putting the wrong elements in his music. And Atlanta big. Now you talking about you put them two beef and how strong YFN and YSL in, you put them in New Orleans. That's 100 bodies a week. That would have been really bad here. <laughs> you feel what I'm that saying? That would have been really, really bad here. Like, it wouldn't have, it, 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 it probably wouldn't have made it to, like, as far as what it is. Like, you look like, at yeah. New York. You didn't actually been in New York. You see Queens and then you see Brooklyn. They ain't right next to each other. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, Jay-Z and Nas could go to, against each other and never see each other. Like, I, like, if a lot of those places, that's why I say, like, a lot of places, like, even if you, like, 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 Miami people really don't be running to each other like that. That's a fact. But, like, it's only New Orleans. I tell people, like, like, you can live in Houston. Just and, Houston. And never see each other. You probably ain't gonna never see your, uh, uh. Come on. <laughs> Last night, it was one club open. Treehouse. You it one, They had two strip clubs, but. Yeah, but one strip club. One strip club, one club. So, all the money gotta go to one spot. You feel me? New Orleans too small for that, and then what we what we beefing for? What we beefing for? Misunderstandings. Cause it ain't like the news say it's a turf war. It's it's war over drug control. Ain't no nigga never try to come set up shop in the Cali. Yo. We ain't never had a situation to where somebody say this our block now. So the news are painted to like it's a war over drugs, a territorial war. When it ain't. I'm about to make you laugh on this, but the new city, they got an inter, interstate shooter. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's one person just shooting on the interstate. interstate. Yeah. No, we got one interstate. So how you not going to catch your op on, on the same interstate that you got to go over the fucking high rider? Three ways of getting the east. You feel me? And, like, also, you know, like, the world just started to hear about the east, but, like... Me growing up, the East was the place to be at. They had the movie theater and everything. Now, it's like, yeah, you go to the East, you're really like, ah. I wouldn't even live in the East for free right now. <laughs> Me personally. But I still go through the East, but I just know how to maneuver in the East. Right. But And that come from tearing these projects down and moving people, trying to gentrify our neighborhoods and who had homes that they didn't come back to. The East. You feel me? So it's easy to put a uh, section their family in the East. You feel what I'm saying? But... You know, you got to blame that on how they um, did the mixed income. Because you done brought people property value down with all these damn Section 8 around these $500,000 homes. And y'all banging out that Walmart on Bullet. You feel me? Yes, Chef. <laughs> Too many people got killed right there. Gentilly was like, man, Gentilly was a good neighborhood. It was never no murders in Gentilly. People was actually shocked. Soldier Slim got killed in Gentilly. Right. Yeah. I remember that. People like, man, so it's like I killed Gentilly. And Gentilly, like, it was places that you did not play trigger play. Like, the French quarters. Ain't nobody was going on no damn Bourbon Street with no guns. You might get a big old fight. Ain't nobody slinging no iron on no Bourbon Street. Man, <laughs> these kids don't care where they slinging iron at. Fuck, they didn't kill somebody in JP at Oakwood. You know how bold you gotta be to pull a gun out in Oakwood and JP? Mm -hmm. With a 99% conviction rate? 
on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know, like, and guess what? And and that's actually was West Bank beef. So like, a person wouldn't even know that you know, like, like people always ask, like, 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 are there any safe ports in the water? It's, it's not even not, safe in Kenna. It's they got there. blocks everywhere. For sure, and for it sure. ain't just like. But I tell people, like, I travel a lot of cities now, and there's a hood, there's hood and there's street dudes everywhere. You that's just gotta fact. respect and just. And just move how you got to move. That's a fact. You feel me? You got to network, man. You definitely got to network so you can know what's going on and how to move. You feel me? So, I'm like, what's your advice to someone right now watching this interview trying to follow on like your footsteps? Man, hustle. Never accept no. You feel what I'm saying? And know your end goal. Know where you want to go. Like, if you know the direction you want to go, it makes it easy. If you just out here just hustling, moving around, doing nothing, you're going to hamster wheel your life. Like, know where you want to go at and hustle for it. You feel me? Like, you got to grind for it. You got to put in the work to get where you need to be at. It ain't nothing free. You heard me? All that put a nigga on, boy, you can't put a nigga on. You heard me? You give a nigga a brick don't mean you could give him the customers to sell it. You feel me? So many motherfuckers got record deals and still shelf. You dig? Gotcha. And also, you know, you ain't got to tell them I'm still actually anyway. Last but not least, <laughs> tell them how to find you. If you want to tell them how to find you, tell them how to actually able to find your brand new movie that's coming up. Man, Super Rich coming soon this summer, man. The long awaited Super Rich coming this summer on every platform. We're going on On Demand. We're going on Amazon Prime. We might even slide on Tubi, you hear me? But um, Cali, your phone, everything, man. Go find that Super Rich movie. Go like, subscribe, check out the trailer, you feel me? Lock in. N-O-L-A-Z-I-N-E. Make them S-C-R-E-A-M. Scream. Nola Zine, make them scream, you heard me.